Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Hi there. I want to tell you about my webinars that are going to be coming up every month. I want you to check out my website and see what this month's webinar topic is and sign up. The format is going to be the same every month, even though the topics are going to change. It's going to be a huge variety of career-related topics. I'm going to give you a deep dive into content about that topic for about 30 minutes, and then you're going to have a chance for 30 minutes of Q&A in the chat box while I'm, I'm teaching you. You can ask me a question, and then if you're really brave, and I hope you will be, you can be volunteered to coach live on that month's topic so you can raise your hand and I'll coach you. I want to give you that URL so that you can go to my website, see what the next topic is and sign up. So go to http colon backslash backslash. Nope. So go to my website at exclusivecareercoaching.com forward slash webinar sign up see what this month's topic is, see when and, and, and what time it is, sign up and, uh, and get in there and participate with me. I look forward to having you there. Thanks. Greetings. How is everyone today? As I record this, it's getting ready for college graduation. So spring graduation. I live in Tallahassee, Florida, where Florida State University and Florida A&M are. So there's lots of activity around town. You know, the city sort of sort of spruces itself up because of all of the parents and family members that will be coming into town. And we as residents are all very aware of how much different the town will be in just a couple of weeks and how much quieter. Um, not necessarily in a good way, but it will just be very quiet. So um, it's an interesting time. And of course, spring in, in Tallahassee is my favorite uh, season. It's just gorgeous here. So I hope you're enjoying good weather where you are. I want to talk about active versus passive job search strategies today. And this is something I've talked about a lot in other podcasts and also in my blog. And I think that it's a concept that is foreign to many people, particularly uh, young folks. And so, you know, here's the deal. For many people, their entire job search is just looking at job boards. And job boards are broken. I've said that a lot of times on this podcast before. And they're broken for a lot of reasons, which I have also gone into in more detail. But the, the, the short answer is they're broken because those aren't the greatest jobs on those job boards. And oftentimes they're not what I call real jobs. They're jobs that have to be posted, even though they've already identified maybe an internal candidate or even an external candidate that they're going to hire. They're sort of going through the motions. And the other piece that's really important to remember is that 75% of all jobs are in what is called the hidden job market. Now, the hidden job market is a bit of a misnomer because what it really is is the unadvertised job market. And again, there's a lot of reasons why that happens. But if you think about the math there, if you're only looking at job boards, you're missing three out of every four positions. So for for all of those reasons, um, it's it's a dangerous strategy to get yourself into it. And it becomes even more dangerous as you move up through your career because the more senior you become, the less effective job boards are. So my point is it's a really good habit to get into now to really doing the networking piece or you may want to call it the connecting piece and focusing on that. So if you're just starting out in your career, if you're just getting out of college, I recommend that you spend no more than 50% 
of your total job search time on inactive, passive job strategies, which include mostly job boards and other things where you're kind of not in the driver's seat. And as you move through your career, I want you to eventually taper that down to 25% is passive and 75% is active. You're going to have a more robust network at that time. You're going to, again, uh, find job boards to be less effective the further up you go in your career. So for all those reasons, you want to kind of taper off that, that inactive or that passive um, strategy. So here's the deal. When you apply on a job board, two things I want to talk about. Make sure that it's a position that you are fully qualified for. Online job postings tend to get a massive number of applicants, and it's going to be really difficult for you to land at the top of the pile if you don't have everything the employer is looking for. In this job market today, employers are asking for the moon and they're getting it. So if you aren't the moon for that particular position, it's going to be very difficult for you to show up. Um, at the top of the pile. And then my other suggestion is what I call the plus one approach. I want you to get creative in doing one more thing in addition to applying online. I want you to get creative with who can I reach out to, who can I ask to make an introduction to me, who can I connect with on LinkedIn that will help move my candidacy up to the top of the pile. And quite frankly, if that's that plus one sounds onerous or you just aren't willing to do it, then I would suggest that maybe that particular job isn't one that you're real passionate about. The thing about job boards is it's kind of a pain in the butt to apply online. They're, they're very um, time consuming. And if you're not willing to take that extra step to do that plus one thing that really gives you a significantly better chance of being considered for the job, then why bother? Maybe that's just a job you should pass over. So make sure that it's a position you're fully qualified for and then get creative with what else can I do to reach out to the hiring manager, to somebody in the HR, to somebody I know in the company, to somebody that knows somebody in the company, um, or do what I call professional stalking, which is you show up somewhere that you're pretty sure they're going to be and act like you're surprised when you meet them. Um, yeah, <laughs> professional stalking. So passive job search strategies are those in which you're in the passenger seat of your job search. You know, you're kind of along for the ride, but you're in no way are you in control of when the vehicle leaves, where it goes, or when it gets to its destination. So passive strategies include job boards. So whether you're talking about meta sites like Indeed.com or sites like um, LinkedIn.com, Monster, those kind of sites employer website online job postings, which is really just another form of a job, por a job board. It's the same process. It's still an ATS or applicant tracking system that you're applying in. Facebook or Craigslist job ads, tools that showcase your skills, such as a web portfolio or a personal website. All of those are, are passive strategies. You're not in the driver's seat. It's not that they're bad, but we'd want to limit how much you do those things. Because I think what I see with most folks is they get, it's it always reminds me of Facebook. Like people get sucked into job boards and the next thing they know, four hours have gone by and they've done nothing pa nothing active, only passive. They've maybe not even applied to any jobs or if they have, maybe they haven't been great jobs, but it hasn't been a good use of their time. And I always recommend that you do that stuff at night. Like 10 o'clock at night is a great time because you can't, you know, you're probably not networking at 10 o'clock at night. You better not be at a coffee shop if there's one open. Uh, but you don't need to be drinking coffee with, a, you know, a networking contact at 10 o'clock at night. So it's a good time to do that kind of passive stuff. Active strategies then put you in the driver's seat. So you control when the vehicle leaves, you control where it goes, and you control when it gets to its destination. 
So active strategies, face-to-face, one-on-one networking. So somebody that you know or somebody that you know knows, you're having a face-to-face meeting with them at a coffee shop or, or somewhere else. In-person career fairs. So whether this is a career fair at your university because you're, you're graduating or you are an alumni and can go back to your university's career fair, or it could be a career fair in your community. So um, chambers of commerce will often have citywide career fairs and also companies will have career fairs. So, you know, the local hospital might have a career fair. Typically you'll see that with, um, either industries or particular companies where there's a very high demand. So healthcare is a good example. They will tend to put on those kind of events because they're always trying to recruit nurses and other healthcare professionals. Also in terms of active job search strategies, LinkedIn networking. So it's not face-to-face, but you are making direct contact with people that you want to talk to on LinkedIn. So I'm not talking about the job boards. I'm talking about who you connect with and then what you do with them after you connect. Also networking events. So these can either be events that are intended to be networking events like a a chamber of commerce, after hours kind of thing. Um, It could be a job group in your city. Um, it, It could be an alumni group from your university and those are all created for the express purpose of networking. Also events where you can network like a Rotary meeting, a Kiwanis meeting, so those are civic organizations. The Society for Human Resource Management, also known as SHRM, S-H-R-M, is a great professional meeting to go to if you're looking for a job. So what you're going to want to do is find someone that you already know in the community where you want to work who is in the human resource profession. They are. It's very likely that they're a member of SHRM because that is such a large group. And that gives you a chance to go and network with a bunch of human resource people. And also, they usually you get to stand up and introduce yourself. So that's a great place. So anything that's a professional meeting where you would meet a cross-section of kind of business people, kind of decision makers, managers. So let's say you're going to go at your job search full-time, which I would consider to be about 30 hours a week. So I'm not suggesting that you do this job search for, you know, 40 plus hours a week. I think that's onerous. 25 to 30 hours a week is a really good job search. And you can parse out that time however you want to do that. Um, but in, in that scenario, if you're just right out of college, then I want you to spend 15, hour, 15 hours a week in networking activities and 15 hours a week in online activities. So kind of an equal split. So the online activities, you might look at the job boards, apply to those jobs, follow up on the jobs that you've already applied to, whether it's, you know, they've asked you for some additional information or you're reaching out to them to see what the status of your candidacy is. And it can also include kind of the passive part of the networking. So looking for networking events in your area, looking to see what your your university alumni association is up to, looking to see when the next Chamber of Commerce meeting is. So I encourage you to put that activity into the passive side of this equation so that you're really keeping that 15 hours a week of active networking as real actual networking. Now that may sound like a lot of time, um, but but I'm going to talk about what you do with that time. So getting back to the, the passive, one more thing you can also do during that passive time is the customization of your resume for specific positions and also prepping for job interviews. So that's all going to fall into that passive side of the equation. 
So the active strategy should be, as I said, actual networking as opposed to kind of researching networking events, kind of the getting ready to get ready. I want you to set some goals for yourself every week. And I also want you to be working a couple of weeks out because as you know, if you, you know, you get up on Monday morning and you say, okay, I, I have a goal of, of three coffee dates this week with people that I want to talk to. And you don't try to set those appointments until Monday. It's going to be very difficult to fill all of those slots, especially if, you know, one or two of them is, is early in the week. So if you want to work a week or two out, that's going to really allow you to keep that schedule full. And hopefully also um, it gives you a buffer. So if somebody cancels or reschedules on you, you can fill that hole in and still stick with your goal of, of however many networking events you want to have. Um, so also in this category is, you know, maybe a couple of networking events, group networking events. So again, look at the Chamber of Commerce with Rotary and Kiwanis meetings. Um, see who you know, see who your parents know, see who um, just reach out in your community to see who is a member of those groups. One thing I will say about Rotary and Kiwanis is um, they, they have groups of varying sizes. So, for example, here in Tallahassee, I think there's something like, I don't know, um, probably a dozen Rotary groups and, and maybe not quite as many Kiwanis, but, but several. And there are some, I, I spoke to the morning Qantas Rotary Club that was, gosh, I think there was a hundred and some people in the room. And I've also spoken to local groups where there have been 10 or 15. Now, the quantity doesn't always equal quality and vice versa. So I'm not suggesting that the smaller groups are a waste of your time. Just be aware of the fact that there is more potential in a bigger group with more numbers. There's just a, there's a quantity potential there. So... Let's say you, you know, you set three coffee dates. So who, who, what am I talking about with these coffee dates? So I recommend that you start with the people that you already know. So who did you maybe go to school with who's a step or two ahead of you in their career now? Who do you know from high school that's come back to the area? Who did you work with if you've been out for a few years? Who did you work with who was maybe a former boss or someone who moved into a a, a manager position after they left the work that they did in the same company as you. So ideally you're networking with people that you already know because they're going to be much more likely to A, want to help you and B, take the time to help you. And so who can you have these coffee dates with? And I'm, I'm going to talk about kind of the strategy around that in, in just a moment as well. So that might, let's say you do three coffee dates. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 o'clock in the morning or I don't know, whatever. And then two group networking events. So there's a chamber event this week. I got myself hooked up with Rotary, a, a Rotary meeting this week. Or I got myself hooked up with the SHRM meeting this month, this week. Um, so that might take like eight hours of your time because I, I would include the travel that you're going to have back and forth to those networking events as part of, that, a part of that 15 hours. So then that leaves you about seven hours of time to do LinkedIn networking. And I'll talk a lot, and I have talked a lot in previous podcasts about how to utilize LinkedIn. I'm not going to cover that too much today, but just know that it needs to be more than you just connecting with people, right? I wrote a blog several years ago that said LinkedIn should not be the place that your connections go to die. And and it's so interesting to me because I'm very active on LinkedIn, and I and I have a, a process that I go through with my connections of 
reaching out to them on a continual basis and trying to get them to interact with me. And I'm fascinated by how many of them never respond to my emails. And I try several different approaches to get them to engage. I ask them questions. I offer them free things. I, 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 I try funny. I try serious. I try all kinds of things. And it's fascinating to me because the question that I really want to go back and ask them is, why did you ever bother to connect with me if you are not going to engage with me in any way? Now, having said that, you're going to run into the same thing. You're going to connect with some people and try as you might. They're not going to respond to you. But that's not the point. The point is that you need to make that effort. And so it's really important that after you connect with someone that you decide what your goal is for that person. Is it is it a meeting? Is it, you know, I want you to refer me to something? Is it tell me more about the company you work for? Whatever it is. And then how are you going to get there? What's your strategy going to be? Um, you know, I have email templates in my situation. I have a series of email templates and I send them out on a regular basis to people. So, you know, you get the first email and then so many days later you get the second email. And I'm doing all of that manually. There are systems that do that. They're very expensive. So I kind of do it the old fashioned way. But I want you to do a similar kind of thing. If you want these, if you're taking the time to ask them to connect with you, then there should be a reason. And then what what is your goal relative to that reason and what are you going to do to get there so so set those goals and the other thing i want to say about being strategic about your networking is i kind of like to work backwards i like to look at where it is i want to get to whether it's a specific company a specific job title a specific industry whatever it is that you know about where you want to go next and then work backwards in terms of who do you know. So let's say you want to work for ABC company. Um, then you want to go in, and LinkedIn's a great place to do this because you can kind of see everybody and see where they work and see who they know. But you kind of want to work backwards and say, who do I know relative to ABC company? What's my starting point? ABC is at the finish line. I want to work there in the whatever department. Who do I know that can help me on that path? Who can I start with? And that's who you want to have that conversation with. So the final thing I want to say about networking, and I've talked about this at length um, before, but vague results, vague requests lead to vague results. So if you meet with someone and all you say to them is, hey, if you think of a job or something comes up, call me or let me know or whatever, it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. They kind of don't have anything to wrap their brain around. So you want to be very strategic, and if you're taking the time to meet with this person, whether it's on the phone or in person, you want to have a specific ask. You want somebody that you want them to introduce you to. There's, um, there's something that you are hoping they will do for you, and then that way you can follow up with a very succinct email that says, just a reminder, you said that you would do X. Much more effective than saying, hey, if you, if you come across a job, you know, don't forget me. Um, so that's kind of how I would recommend that you spend that 15 or so hours of active networking. So a combination of attending group events, one-on-one -on -one meetings, and LinkedIn networking where you're active. You're not just connecting with people. If you're connecting with them, it is with a goal in mind and you have a strategy in place to cultivate that conversation. And I can sure, surely help you with that if that's an area that um, sounds interesting to you, but you just don't know how to do it. So... If this sounds like a lot of work, my question to you is, do you want a great job or not? 
because you can take that passive approach. So if we, we go back to the analogy of the car, you can sit in that passenger seat. It's, you know, you get to see more. It's very scenic, right? You're not driving. You're not preoccupied. You're really not doing anything, but just sitting there. And the scenery might be pretty, but maybe you just don't like where the car ends up or you think it's going too slowly. You have no control over that. So I really want to put you in the active uh, driver's seat, which really is revolves around this idea of connecting with people and networking with people and having those conversations. I recommend that you create a calendar for your job search work week. So we talked about having some specific goals. So whether you have a paper calendar system or I use Outlook, whatever you use, have some specific goals written out and then make sure that you're scheduling activities, right? So if you've said, I'm going to spend you know, one hour a night looking at job boards and applying to anything I see, then put that on your calendar. Otherwise, it can be really easy to say, hey, I'd rather go out with my friends. I'd rather sleep. I'd rather go walk the dog. But I want you to be structured around this. It's so important. Um, and as I said earlier, kind of plan those things about two weeks out so that you can keep that schedule, especially that active networking schedule, full and you don't find yourself in a week where you're not doing any kind of networking. I also really like having, you know, we talked about having goals for your networking, and I want you to have an end goal, but I also want you to have weekly goals in terms of, you know, I'm going to have these three networking events, I'm going to attend two group events, whatever it is, and then I want you to reward yourself every week as you achieve the goals for that week. Most of the people that I work with think that the reward should come when they get the new job. Well, that in itself is very rewarding. Uh, you really kind of don't need the reward so much then. You need it to encourage you along the way because this can be a long haul, especially if you're working and only doing this on a very part-time basis. It can be a very long haul. So to keep yourself motivated and keep yourself focused, give yourself little rewards every week, whatever that is that's rewarding to you. Final thing I want to say, and, and I really talked about it when I talked about that strategy about thinking about where you want to get to and who do I know relative to that that position or that company or that whatever, so that you can have a very strategic networking um, strategy. I call that a bow and arrow approach as opposed to a Tommy gun approach. Now, the Tommy gun approach, if you think about one of those old kind of, what are they, 1940s guns from the mafia and the old movies, it just fires a jillion shots everywhere. And it's not that there's anything wrong with a Tommy gun approach. It's just that it's if you think about the expense of kind of the energy and the bullets, it's a lot of work to maybe hit something, right? Bow and arrow, I want you to think about kind of, okay, here's where I want to go. Here's my target. I'm going to pull back that bow, and I'm going to let that arrow go, and it's going to land on that bullseye. And so that's a very strategic approach. I'm not just shooting everybody with, here's my resume. I'm not shooting everybody with, hey, if you think of anything, call me. I'm being very strategic. Hey, I see on LinkedIn that you're connected to a, somebody at ABC Company, um, Sue, and I want you to, I'm hoping you'll introduce me. Very strategic approach. It's going to be much more efficient in terms of your energy level and your motivation, much more in, in, efficient in terms of your of activity that you have to do and also much more effective. So I hope you'll consider my bow and arrow approach. 
So that's what I have for you today is that concept of active versus passive job search strategies. As always, I want to be your job search coach. Um, as I have expressed recently, I've gone back to my roots and working with 20-somethings, so those within 10 years of college graduation. So if you're a high achiever, and by that I mean you've just been since the earliest time that you can remember you have had goals and you've set goals and you've achieved them, you're a winner, you've been successful in sports and academics and, and whatever it is you've set out to do, music and theater, whatever it may be, and you want to carry that success over into your career and maybe you are you, you used your career center when you were in college and found it to be maybe some help at that point, but you're at another phase, you've, you've been out of school for a while, and you need a much more customized, uh, individualized approach to helping you with that, or perhaps you are just getting out of college, and, and not all college career centers are created equal, so maybe you're at a university that just doesn't have a great, robust career center, or they're kind of old school and you want much more individualized attention, I'm your person. And so I would love to talk to you more about that. So I encourage you to reach out to me. My email is lisa, that's L-E-S-A, at exclusivecareercoaching.com. And I hope that you will rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast because I love to see your comments and I want you to hook up with me. And also, if you take advantage of one of the freebies on my website, that will get you into my mailing list because I will be doing, probably starting in the fall, I will be doing webinars for free. And the people that will know about those webinars are the people that are hooked in. So make sure that you get connected with me on um, my on my website and uh, I'll take care of you. I'll hook you up. All right. That's what I have for you this week. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.